Today is the 15th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you. And I suppose at some point halfway through today, we we cross the center of month number one, halfway through the first month of a new year and decade. So well done. Well done. And uh, let's just take a moment here to reflect on the first two weeks of the Bible. Like the Bible has been speaking to us. It is an amazing voyage that we have embarked on together. And so let's continue that journey. Today, uh, well, this week, we're reading from the Christian Standard Bible. And today, Genesis chapter 31, verse 17 through 32, verse 12. And we continue to read of the great drama of the patriarch Jacob. So Jacob got up and put his children and wives on the camels. He took all the livestock and possessions he had acquired in Paddan Aram, and he drove his herds to go to the land of Canaan, to his father, Isaac. When Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel stole her father's household idols, and Jacob deceived Laban the Aramean, not telling him that he was fleeing. He fled with all his possessions, crossed the Euphrates, and headed for the hill country of Gilead. On the third day, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So he took his relatives with him, pursued Jacob for seven days, and overtook him in the hill country of Gilead. But God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream at night. Watch yourself, God warned him. Don't say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. When Laban overtook Jacob, Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban and his relatives also pitched their tents in the hill country of Gilead. Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You have deceived me and taken my daughters away like prisoners of war. Why did you secretly flee from me, deceive me, and not tell me? I would have sent you away with joy and singing, with tambourines and lyres. But you didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters. You have acted foolishly. I could do you great harm. But last night the God of your father said to me, Watch yourself. Don't say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Now you have gone off because you long for your father's family. But why have you stolen my gods? Jacob answered, I was afraid, for I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. If you find your gods with anyone here, he will not live. Before our relatives... Point out anything that is yours and take it. Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the idols. So Laban went into Jacob's tent, Leah's tent, and the tents of the two concubines, but he found nothing. When he left Leah's tent, he went into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken Laban's household idols, 
put them in the saddlebag of the camel and sat on them. Laban searched the whole tent but found nothing. She said to her father, Don't be angry, my lord, that I cannot stand up in your presence. I am having my period. So Laban searched but could not find the household idols. Then Jacob became incensed and brought charges against Laban. What is my crime? He said to Laban. What is my sin that you have pursued me? You've searched all my possessions. Have you found anything of yours? Put it here before my relatives and yours, and let them decide between the two of us. I've been with you these twenty years. Your ewes and female goats have not miscarried, and I have not eaten the rams from your flock. I did not bring you any of the flock torn by wild beasts. I myself bore the loss. You demanded payment from me for what was stolen by day or by night. There I was. The heat consumed me by day and the frost by night, and sleep fled from my eyes. For twenty years in your household I served you. Fourteen years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks, and you have changed my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac had not been with me, certainly now you would have sent me off empty-handed. But God has seen my affliction and my hard work, and he issued his verdict last night. Then Laban answered Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, the sons my sons, the flocks my flocks. Everything you see is mine. But what can I do today for these daughters of mine or for the children they have borne? Come now, let's make a covenant, you and I. Let it be a witness between the two of us. So Jacob picked out a stone and set it up as a marker. Then Jacob said to his relatives, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a mound, then ate there by the mound. Laban named the mound Yagar, Sahaduta, but Jacob named it Galid. Then Laban said, This mound is a witness between you and me today. Therefore the place was called Galid, and also Mitzpah. For he said, May the Lord watch between you and me when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters or take other wives, though no one is with us, understand that God will be a witness between you and me. Laban also said to Jacob, Look at this mound and the marker I have set up between you and me. This mound is a witness, and the marker is a witness that I will not pass beyond this mound to you, and you will not pass beyond this mound and this marker to do me harm. The God of Abraham and the gods of Nahor, the gods of their father, will judge between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. 
Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and invited his relatives to eat a meal. So they ate a meal and spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early in the morning, kissed his grandchildren and daughters, and blessed them. Then Laban left to return home. Jacob went on his way, and God's angels met him. When he saw them, Jacob said, This is God's camp. So he called that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the territory of Edom. He commanded them, You are to say to my lord Esau, This is what your servant Jacob says. I have been staying with Laban and have been delayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female slaves. I have sent this message to inform my Lord in order to seek your favor. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau. He is coming to meet you, and he has four hundred men with him. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people with him into two camps, along with the flocks, herds, and camels. He thought, if Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, the remaining one can escape. Then Jacob said, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, go back to your land and to your family, and I will cause you to prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. Indeed, I crossed over the Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two camps. Please, rescue me from my brother Esau, for I am afraid of him. Otherwise he may come and attack me, the mothers and their children. You have said... I will cause you to prosper, and I will make your offspring like the sand of the sea, too numerous to be counted. Matthew 10, 24 through 11, 6. A disciple is not above his teacher or a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household? Therefore, don't be afraid of them, since there is nothing covered that won't be uncovered, and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. Don't fear those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, Fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? 
Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. The one who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. The one who welcomes you welcomes me. And the one who welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. Anyone who welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who welcomes a righteous person because he's righteous will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is a disciple, truly, I tell you, he will never lose his reward. When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his twelve disciples, he moved on from there to teach and preach in their towns. Now when John heard in prison what the Christ was doing, he sent a message to his disciples and asked him, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those with leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor are told the good news. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. Psalm 13 A plea for deliverance For the choir director A psalm of David How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me? Agony in my mind every day. How long will my enemy dominate me? Consider me an answer, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes. 
Otherwise, I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have triumphed over him. And my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. Proverbs 3, 16 through 18. Long life is in her right hand, in her left, riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant, and all her paths peaceful. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her, and those who hold on to her are happy. All right, let's look at what Jesus is talking about in the book of Matthew today. He's, he's still commissioning. He's still instructing his uh, followers as they're being sent out. And he's basically telling them, this is what you can expect. So a disciple isn't above the teacher. Right? Slave isn't above the master. It's enough for, for, for a disciple to become like his teacher, which is why we aspire to become Christ-like in our faith but that's not Jesus point Jesus point is uh, don't expect to be treated differently than you're watching me be treated if you want to become like your master then you should see the things that your master goes through this is what you're going to go through and so he says if they call the head of the house Beelzebul how much more the members of his household this word Beelzebul or Beelzebub We've probably heard it before. We've probably heard it Beelzebub, like referring to the devil. Although this w wouldn't have been a name, I suspect that the evil one would have chosen for itself. So Beelzebul means Baal, the prince. And uh, we're, we're just a couple weeks into the Bible, but we're going to see Baal worship uh, a lot. So Beelzebub is probably a distortion of this, and it means uh, Lord of the Flies. More, more, more specifically, uh, like Lord of of the the manure pile, <laughs> right? And so the, the 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 subjects would be the flies. So Jesus is saying, like you're you're becoming a part of this divine family, this household. And I am the head of the house. And if they're going to call me that, how much more are they going to call you that? And this is another opportunity for us to pause, like right at the beginning of this journey, because it clicks so many things into place about our own personal faith journey. Because we believe that when we, when we come into a relationship with Jesus and begin to follow that path, then we become children of God and so blessing becomes apparent all around us and this is what we have to look forward to. And so it becomes really confusing then when we, when we have to face supreme struggles in life. And what we have to become aware of is that Jesus, God made flesh dwelling among us 
as a human being faced and predicted all of the struggles of life that we're going to face. This idea that uh, that opposition will come our way and that it that it must be endured and that we must press into and press through these things. This isn't hidden in the Bible. It's like blinking all over the place. And ultimately, we're going to find out how necessary um, challenge is to our growth. But nevertheless, Jesus is preparing his first friends to go into the world. And this is what he's telling them to expect. So after we talk about the Lord of the Flies, he says, don't be afraid of them. There's nothing covered that won't be uncovered and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim to the housetops. Don't fear those who can kill the body, but aren't able to kill the soul. <laughs> fear the one who can do both. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not even one of them falls to the ground without the father's consent. And even the hairs of the head are... The hairs of your head have been counted, so don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. So what are Jesus' fundamental instructions here? He's telling his friends, people are going to say some pretty bad things about you. They're going to make all kinds of weird and awful references about you because they're doing that to me and you are a part of me. So this is what you can expect. They're going to they're going to say all kinds of stuff about you, but don't worry. Nothing that's covered is going to stay uncovered. And uh, there's nothing that's hidden that won't be made known. In other words, keep going, keep being true, keep announcing the kingdom. In the end, what's in the dark will be drug out into the light. Keep enduring, keep moving forward, keep going. Those that acknowledge me before others, I will acknowledge before the Father in heaven. And those who deny me, I'll deny before the Father in heaven. Okay, and then this is where it gets really, really challenging. I'm quoting Jesus. Don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his household. And that's Jesus quoting from uh, the prophet Micah. And then he goes on, the one who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. If those words are disruptive to you, like if, if they kind of shake you a bit and you're like, okay, how, how, how would I, how do I even think about doing that successfully? Then good, then Jesus has spoken words that have gotten your attention. And you can imagine that if you were standing in a crowd around Jesus as these things were being spoken, 
that they would have your attention. But how do we do this? Like, how do we love father or mother less and love him more so that we're worthy? Or how do we love son or daughter less so, so that we're worthy? Is that even quantifiable, right? Like, could you ever think to yourself, okay, I love my daughter with all of my heart, um, but a little less than I love Jesus and I, I see that on my love gauge meter. So what's underneath all this? What is Jesus getting at? Why is he saying disruptive things to get our attention? What are we supposed to know here? Basically, let's just remember our journey and its beginning, like on day two when we were crossing through Genesis chapter three and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the rebellion and the eyes of Adam and Eve being opened and their shame and their awareness of their nakedness. The way that we describe this in the Christian faith is often like a canyon or a chasm, a separation from God. Like that's very, very common imagery. Let's go into that for a second. If you are separate from something, then you are aware that you are other than that thing, right? But that separation was never intended to be the way we viewed reality. An awareness of our separateness from God was not our created state. So anyone who's ever gone through a situation where the reality that you thought you understood was not the whole picture like there was a whole lot more and it's overwhelming like it, it can be devastating for example if you're a, a married person you find out your spouse has been unfaithful that is a complete shift in consciousness and awareness and a complete reframing of the reality that you thought you knew and when something like that happens the union that you thought you had is blown apart and you couldn't feel more separate than you do. We could say you become acutely aware of the separation between you. When these sorts of things happen, what do you hear? We've decided to separate. So you can imagine uh, Adam and Eve becoming aware for the first time of these categories that they even exist. And we see uh, from the scriptures, they're, they're, they, they, their eyes are open and they feel ashamed and they feel naked and they hide and then, then they're covered and then they're covering themselves from then on. When uh, our natural state is naked and unashamed and unafraid like a child. After this, a reality that wasn't the intended one was made manifest became their reality and required them to create an identity that was shaped around themselves because this is all, all they need to do and at some point along the line we began to call this our self it's the thing it's the construct that we have that tells us we are separate from somebody else 
and we have our own way of looking at things. Okay, so let's go back into our story here where Jesus is saying all of these things. Like, why is he telling his friends, they're calling me Lord of the Flies, Lord of the Manure Pile, they're going to call you that too? Like, why would anybody call pure light and love and graciousness? Why would anybody call a true, fully whole human being like Jesus anything like that? Truth and true humanity came into the world and were modeled and humanity had fallen so far from God that it could not not only recognize God, but rather confuse God with Beelzebub and eventually plot and succeed to assassinate God. The religious leaders who were doing the work of stewarding the souls of the people in their relations to God could not see beyond themselves in order to acknowledge God. To maybe put it more in the vernacular of the Bible, the light came into the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not couldn't understand, couldn't become aware. So this self, and we all have one of those, right? This awareness of our separateness, this self and all the things that we attach it to in order to have an identity can actually serve to reinforce our separation from God the very thing that this Jesus that we are learning and reading about came to bridge. However, in crossing that bridge, and again, this is Christianity 101, in crossing that bridge, we have to leave something behind. Ourselves. We're instructed in the scriptures to die to ourselves and become alive unto God and in the process become awakened and aware of who we really are in Christ, which we will explore very deeply as we move through the New Testament. So fundamentally what Jesus is saying is that anything you are holding on to, any attachment that you have in your life, whether that's to a person or to a place or to a thing, if you are more attached to that, if you are looking for that to be your source of life, then you aren't worthy of me. This, this isn't something new. This is the whole Bible. We're just going to repeatedly watch different people over different periods of time try to create a world that they can control and live in only to find it destroys them. Because we do not live in a godless world and this world will not work without him. And the only way forward is into full and utter surrender. And when that comes into our lives, when we think about Jesus and surrendering to him, 
we might be able to get our minds around surrendering to God, but then when we look at our lives functionally, we realize we're not doing a whole lot of surrendering or sacrificing. And people don't like to be told what to do. People don't like to submit and surrender. People don't want the truth enough to search for it with all of their hearts, no matter what it might bring them to. The truth will and does set us free, but not before it confronts what is false. And we as people are notoriously not good at accepting that. So that brings Jesus' words, don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. What we're talking about here is the truth, the truth of how things are. And the more we listen to Jesus and his teachings and explore this, the more we will see how distant from that reality the world is. And it's easy for us to think like, why can't everybody just get on the same page? Why can't we just figure out hunger? Why can't we just figure out peace? Why we're people. We're in this together. Why can't we figure this out? That's kind of what God has been saying all along. And that's kind of what he says throughout all of the Bible. You guys, return to me. The whole story can change. One kingdom does not replace another kingdom without conflict and disruption, though. And that happens in our own hearts. In fact, it happens here first. And so let's embrace it. And Jesus, we, it, it's hard to consider the disruption, even when we know you are in it. It's hard to consider it good until later, you, because it's unpleasant. It, it shakes what we think we know. It, it, it causes us to, to feel out of sorts. It, and all you're doing is exposing our need for control and all of the false constructs of our lives. And so we're here and we trust you. You are God and we trust you. And so we invite your Holy Spirit uh, to lead us into all truth. And this is a common thing that we pray for. We, we need it desperately. We need it daily. We need it hourly. We need it every minute. And so come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Lead us into all truth, we ask. In the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here. So be sure to stay tuned and stay connected in any way that you want to. Uh, the Daily Audio Bible Shop is available with resources for the journey that we are on. All kinds of different resources from things to write with uh, to things to read and listen to. So uh, check that out. One thing I have not mentioned at all yet this year is our, our long-running relationship with coffee and tea. It might sound odd it's kind of grown up in the community i personally am a bit of a, a coffee snob and over the last couple of years have grown very fond of tea as well but a bit of a coffee snob and that's kind of where it all began was just looking for the best coffee 
the best things to drink coffee with all of this. And I guess it's been over a decade now since we've formed our own brand of coffee. It's called Wind Farm. And that name, Wind Farm, it's on other things that we do as well. It, it's just a, a little nod to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. There is a story, it's famous, and there's a valley of dry bones. And God asks the prophet, can these bones live again? And the prophet's like, "How will, only you would know that. And um, God tells Ezekiel to call to the four winds, the breath of life. And uh, resurrection happens, and so wind farm, just this ongoing, never ceasing calling, the breath of life into the community, into the world, is uh, is kind of where that name comes from. But anyway, we've been roasting our own coffee and importing our own uh, raw green and uh, and tea. We've been doing this for a long, long time. Partly because it was the rhythm of, of my life. Then I realized, you know what? Uh, morning coffee is a tradition around the world. Morning tea or coffee. That's something that uh, everybody, everybody does. What if, what if we could create a better product? What if we could, you know, what if we could just be boutique and it's really fresh and we send it out really fresh and all of the resources, because this is like something that we're going to buy anyway. We're going to go through the drive-thru and get a cup of coffee. We're going to do, we're going to do all this anyway. What if we could just channel that into, uh, into what we're doing here? And so that's where, uh, coffee and tea were born and you can find them in the daily audio Bible shop. Uh, you can see all the different varieties that we have. You can uh, have it sent to you every month, however many bags you want or drink or consume and uh, they can be shipped to you fresh every month and that man when that that little box arrives and uh, that container is cut open that fresh coffee comes uh, flooding out and it's just wonderful so we have that uh, coffee tea coffee can be sent to you every month we also uh, found last year so it's relatively new product a way to steep coffee like tea that might sound odd, uh, but I had to try it for myself. Last year when I went to Israel, I had a bunch of these pouches to try uh, to, to see if, if it was going to be a decent cup of coffee because I travel a lot and so end up, you know, end up drinking a lot of bad coffee. And uh, this was good. So I got back from Israel and uh, went about the business of, of creating Wind Farm uh, steeped coffee. And so that is great. It's nitro sealed. So it just, the thing about coffee is it's uh, like, it will go stale like food. Like it, it does get worse with time. And normally we're drinking really old coffee and just used to drinking bad coffee. Uh, but this nitrogen pushes the oxygen out and then it keeps it in this state of freshness for months and months. And uh, so the steeped version of wind farm coffee for those of you who travel or want to keep some at the office or whatever those are available as well in the daily audio bible shop if you want to partner with the daily audio bible you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com as well there's a link on the homepage, and i thank you uh profoundly for your partnership if you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. 
Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, you can hit the hotline button, the little red button in the app, and begin to share. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Hello, Daily Audio Bible. Uh, My name is Harold, and I am in St. Louis, and I am not a believer. Um, I actually was looking for a podcast um, because I am training right now I started training for the Chicago Marathon and I've been looking for something because last year training listening to like Seth Rogen and some of those other podcasts just started to weigh me down and I figured it was a new year and I've been listening since January 1st and I have to say I, I appreciate everything that you guys are doing here with the podcast um it's not like when you go to church i guess where people are trying to force you something i appreciate that you're reading to us and that you explain it afterwards and i'm hoping that with every run i go on um it will maybe bring me closer to finding the truth that I guess everybody here knows. Um, So I guess, pray for this audio Bible because it is making a difference in my life right now. Since listening, I've been happier and more at peace. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for everything you've done or everything you do, and thank you. Hello, DAB family. Hope everyone is doing well. My name is Okizi. I'm reaching out to you, family, to offer up prayers for my mother. Um, My mother had a stroke on December 31, and so we kind of brought in the new year on not the most excited note. She's currently in the hospital. It's a pretty severe stroke. But I know and I trust that God can and he will heal her if it is in his will. So I'm reaching out to you, family, to lift my mother up in prayer. Her name is Mary, as she is a woman of faith. You can see that she's fighting to hang in there. Um, And at this point, I just, I turn it over to God, but I know that I have a family of prayer warriors out there and I'm I'm calling on you to raise her up, to bring her before the Lord and just asking for complete healing and restoration and above all that his will might be done. Thank you, family. I love you guys, I need you guys. Be well. 
Good morning, friends. This is Jen in SoCal, a.k.a. Prayer Warrior Princess. Today is Wednesday, January 5th. I turned on the DAB into my earphones at about 5.30, and uh, I forgot that I had the volume up from a workout yesterday, and uh, Brian was was loud. And every once in a while throughout the year, I, I do that. And my first funny thought is, why are you yelling at me, Brian? And then I laugh out loud to myself because that's like the last thing in the universe Brian would ever do, but it, it makes me giggle whenever it happens. And then I started thinking about Proverbs 27, 14. If you greet your neighbor loudly in the morning, uh, it's, it's not taken as a blessing, but as a curse. And then I was giggling some more. So then... I took Rocky out for his walk and I opened the front door and my neighbor was literally pulling out of his driveway for for work at like 5.40 a.m. And so I was careful to just wave and smile uh, just a little bit, not too much, so I wouldn't annoy the neighbor and it'd be taken as a curse. And then I laughed again. So all of this funny stuff, uh, pre-coffee that I'm sharing with you all, Uh, the DAB campfire and uh, I wanted to give you a few giggles too and then uh, when I was coming home I was rushing because I wore a different jacket and I was so cold and my brain kind of tuned out for about 45 seconds on the on the scripture that Brian was reading and precisely when I opened the front door to get in the house and was thinking, oh, thank God, it's going to be warm again. Precisely, that's when he was reading, and the door shall be open. (laughs) So anyway, all this silliness, just to give you all a few giggles. I love you. Bye. Hi, good morning. This is Laverne from the UK. Um, This is a message for Lee from Chicago. You called in on the 7th of January. Um, I just wanted to know that I couldn't go any further without... um, getting on my knees and praying and I want you to know that this is what the Lord is saying to you do not fear Lee for I am with you do not be dismayed for I am thy God I will strengthen thee yes I will help you I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness that's Isaiah 41 10 Lee I just needed to know that God holds you he's holding you he's never stopped holding you and there's not a tear that doesn't fall from your eye that he has not caught he knows every single part of you and he is with you and he will never ever leave you and when things seem the bleakest that's when he's there the most you have to think about when peter stepped out onto the boat and a storm was raging around him your only thing is to keep your eyes on him that's all you have to do and he will i'm telling you he will do the rest he's done it for me every single time even when i felt like he wasn't there that's when he was there the most and i'm telling you now i know that a Gedalia audio bible family he's holding you up in prayer whether they get this whether they record or not know that they're praying for you and i'm praying for you my brother and i love you and i just want you to hold on and if you need anything call again and we will be there for you just hold on and i also want to say hey to ben and bella thank you for your new year's message and thank you and um, just a hey to voice pit men welcome to the daily audio bible family we love you keep holding on lee i love you um Don't forget that God's never left you and he never will. Blessings on you all. Take care. Bye. Hi, family. 
This is uh, his Welsh girl. I rang in in November asking for prayer because of my anxious thoughts with my uh, daughter's upcoming wedding. Um, I just wanted to say thank you if you prayed. Uh, the wedding was lovely and um, God blessed us so much. Um, and I wanted to say thank you to Michael from Arizona. Um, your message to Anonymous resonated so much. Um, you were talking about how much God loves us and to take um, thoughts captive. And I just wanted to um, re reiterate that, that, you know, all these thoughts, they, they can just take over our minds and we just need to lay them all down at his feet because he wants to look after us because he loves us so much. Um, I wanted to say um, Suzanne, who's been hurt by her family, Carla with a broken heart, um, Diana uh, with stage four cancer, Patsy, um, whose husband left her last Christmas, um, uh, Diane, Olive Brown, um, I'm praying for you. And Randy from Washington, um, you sounded so defeated and sad uh, the other day. And uh, please know that I'm praying for your marriage. Um, and Brian and family, thank you so much. And Brian, when you um, prayed the blessing on New Year's Eve, it was just beautiful and it just gave me goosebumps. I knew what was coming, but it was just wonderful. And I just thank God for this community, this church, this global church, it's just brilliant. And what a wonderful father we have. Okay, thanks. Bye. Good morning, Dabbers. This is Walter, the burning bush that will not be devoured for the glory of our God and King. This morning, today's Wednesday, I believe today is the 8th of um, January. And uh, um, I'm praying for my sister uh, who has a biopsy tomorrow, Thursday. Um, because of a growing lump in her left breast. Um, I have the urge to pray for all women who are currently experiencing the same thing. And if you don't mind, humor me a bit and put your left hand over your left breast and just pray with me. Father God, we thank you and praise you, God, for your beautiful daughters, your princesses, I thank you, God, that when you made us, you said we were good. You made us in all perfection. Holy Father, as we draw near to you, we ask you to take away that which is not of you. We ask that you uproot every single lump in the breast right now in the name of Jesus. We come against every plan of the enemy to bring to steal kill and destroy father i pray that you uproot that lump shrink it and destroy it i pray in the name of jesus and god we pray for complete healing that you will take out everything in that body that is not of you god we speak healing healing over these mothers over these daughters in the name of jesus complete healing and father god we pray for all who are going through um, abnormalities in the chest and breast area. Father, we speak healing, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for restoring that which you called perfect in Jesus' name. Amen.